This is the Feminine Podcast, the official podcast of Feminine, discussing all things femme, a little bit of EM, and everything in between. I'm Jenny Beck Esme, editor in chief of Feminine. Well, our virtual Fix 20 is now come and gone, and it was so much fun. Thank you, of course, to our sponsors, and thank you to everyone for joining us. I cannot tell you how much that meant to me and the entire Feminine crew. If you missed it, or if you just want to relive some of the highlights, fear not. Our team is hard at work coming up with some creative ways to repackage the material for release on our website. So stay tuned for details on when and how to access all of that good learning and all of that good CME. Additionally, we have loved the connection that we've been getting with the Feminem community. And so we're going to keep going with the Fix It Fridays. The goal will be roughly the first Friday of every month. So if you aren't already getting our email newsletters, that is really the best way to keep up on the details of these events. So head over to the website and subscribe now, or of course you can follow us on social media for announcements. Okay, now on to a little bit more of our Fix 19 content. I've been squeaking out the last bit of this so we can kind of milk it for all it's worth. This next talk is from Dr. Patsy McNeil. It's called, Ambition is Not a Dirty Word, Tales from a Professional Mentor. Dr. McNeil is Chief Medical Officer of Shady Grove Medical Center in Rockville, Maryland. She is an emergency physician and the physician chair of the Women's Initiative of the U.S. Acute Care Solutions Diversity and Inclusion Council. Her talk is exceptional. She discusses some of the cultural factors that impact the ambition of women and how we show that ambition. And she gives us some concrete ways to overcoming the fear we might have of putting ourselves forward. It's a really great talk. I hope you enjoy. She was wonderful. She was wonderfully bright. She was wonderfully strong. She was wonderfully innovative. She was wonderfully wonderful in every way. She's somebody who should have been an emerging leader in the company, but she wasn't emerging. When a new position came up, I tapped her on the shoulder and asked her if she was going to apply for the position. She said to me, after looking me dead in the eye, huh, well, me? He was not wonderful. He was not wonderfully bright. He was just average. He was not innovative. Any innovation I saw, he stole from somebody else. He was not wonderfully strong. What he was was arrogant. But it read as strong to the people who mattered, and he tried out for that position, and he got it. I'm Patsy McNeil. I'm a chief medical officer, amongst other things. But I am also a semi-professional mentor. I have 15 mentees on purpose. There's a spreadsheet. <laughs> of the 15, 11 of them are people that I tapped on the shoulder. Four of them are people who approached me. Of the four, only one is a woman. The other three are the only men that I have. <laughs> so. Let's talk. I'm told it begins on the playground. Little girls and little boys on the playground in primary school, little girls outperform little boys. And then puberty hits. In the book, The Confidence Code for Girls, a study uh, is, is referenced. And in that study, they follow a group of, of kids, about 1,500 of them though, from eight to 14. In that time frame, the confidence of the girls drops about 30%. Now, the confidence of the boys drops as well, 
But when the smoke clears at about 14 years old, the boys have 27% higher confidence than the girls. So what's going on here? And by saying this, am I telling you that women are the barriers to their own progress? Is confidence the problem, why women are not going into leadership? I wish it were that simple. It's not that simple. Women will try out for a position if they are 100% qualified for that job. The men will try out for that same position if they are 60% qualified for that job. And so if there's five qualifications, a woman will be like, I got this, I got this, 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 and this. I'm going to try out. Maybe they'll take me. And the man will say, I got this, this, and this. They're going to love me. <laughs> it is the most bizarre thing. That's not all, though. That's not all. Wittenberg Cox, the CEO of a company that does business consulting, huge study, several years, hundreds of large cap companies looking at gender and leadership. At the end of this very, very long study, they had one paragraph that summarized everything up. And I quote, it is not the reasons why women do not move up do not lie primarily with women. They are embedded in systems that have evolved over decades that reflect the motivations, values, and views of the majority male. This is not done intentionally or consciously, but is a reflection of the history of the corporation. But as long as these issues remain unseen, they form an intractable barrier to the creation of an inclusive workforce. Lack of self-confidence, challenge. Women are socialized to follow the rules. This is why they will only apply for a job if they are 100% qualified. Embedded in a system that has evolved over decades that reflects the motivations and views of the majority male. This is becoming a little bit complicated. Now, lest you think that women don't apply for leadership, they do. They do when they're 100% qualified to apply. Medscape did a study in, 15, uh, in 2015, surveyed 3,000 people, because women in fact, 25% of those women said they had no interest in going into leadership. That leaves over 70% that did have some level of interest in going into leadership. Survey on the entry into a company. Do you have the confidence to go into top management and do you have the interest to go into top management? On the entry survey, 43% of women answered the affirmative to that question and 34% of men did. Fast forward two years, only 16% of women answered that question in the affirmative and still 34% of the men were answering the affirmative to that question. So what is going on there? There is a saying that you can only be what you can see. So representation matters. Currently, we have over 50% of the people graduating from medical school who are women. We have 40% of the people graduating from EM residencies who are women, but only 16% of medical deans, medical school deans are women. Only 11% of 
of academic chairs are women. Only 10% of professorships are women. Only 10 to 15% of EM directors are women. 3% of EM uh, group CEOs are women. Only 1 to 3% of chief medical officers are women. I was the first African-American female chief, chief resident uh, at University of Cincinnati's EM program. There were no black attendings. There were no full-time female clinical attendings. I'm the first, uh, I was the first African-American female partner in my EM group. I am the first chief medical officer who's African-American and female at the hospital where I serve. So, so my summary statement on saying that is that representation matters, but ladies in the room, sometimes you have to stand up, move forward, and kick representation in the face, okay? <laughs> Only you can do that. Now, am I smart? Yep, we're all smart. Did I get encouragement along the way? You better believe it, and listen to every word. That encouragement is always around for you as well. Lastly, am I fearless? Nope. I just do it afraid in a very nice pair of shoes. <laughs> you are valuable just because you're different. In a majority male room, if you walk in there and say what you need to say, you give a different perspective. Harvard Business Review, better business outcomes when there are women on the team. We serve a diverse population. That population should be represented in leadership. It gives better outcomes. You need to be ambitious. You need to move forward. You need to help a sister out. I'm tired of being the only one in the room. Now, there are a few things that I want to say about women. I have been in the emergency department for 20 years, and I've seen women who are seven and eight months pregnant who are going into rooms and saving people's lives, seeing patients, keeping up with the men. They come back to their desk and they Amazon.com their kids' homework project for the next two days. So, during a single shift, there are women who are growing life, saving life, seeing patients, and running their household. Have you ever seen a man do that during a shift? <laughs> Ladies, <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, okay? If you can do that, you can do this. If you can do that, you can most definitely do this. Now, a few things to learn on your way up. Life is not fair, but it is very, very clear. Number one, men can self-promote endlessly, and often do, <laughs> and they aren't penalized for it. Society does not seem to like uh, a bragging woman for whatever reason, both men and women don't like that. It's better for you and easier for you to go to point A to point Z if you get advocates and allies to talk for you, sponsorship, mentorship, these things matter in your career and moving up. Number two, 
If you are a whiny pain in the butt, you're not gonna go anywhere. If you complain, come with a solution. It's very important to do that so that they know that you are a problem solver. Three, does it matter to be nice? Somewhat, somewhat. Get you further, quicker, easier, I will say that. Sometimes though, sometimes. You need to hop on your broom and fly around the room to show them what you're working with. And that's okay. Just don't do it often because no one, man or a woman, wants to work next to some volatile person. They just don't. And it'll block you or put you in a leadership position that's not healthy. Four, no one's gonna hand you anything. You gotta work. Every African American in this room knows this because your parents told you you're probably gonna have to work harder than everybody else. Am I right? It's okay. It's not like you can't do it. It's pretty easy to do, actually, comparatively. So, like the artist and poet RuPaul says, you better work. Okay? <laughs> Lastly, and most importantly, the price and the ticket of the ticket to admission to leadership is you have to reach back and help another woman. This is what you gotta do, okay? <laughs> I was a lead physician author in the US Acute Care Solutions National Staffing Company's uh, print lead policy. When I was on a team leading to build that, USACS thought I was doing it for them. I was doing it for you, all boats rise in the tide. The idea was competition would make everybody step it up. Paid parental leave needs to happen. This is ridiculous. Right? Right. right. Lastly, Toni Morrison. She was surprised when the author died this year. She said it best when she said, ladies, when you get these jobs that you have been so brilliantly trained for, it is your real job that if you are free, you must free somebody else. And if you are in power, you must empower somebody else. I'm Patsy McNeil. Join me. Ambition. Embrace it. Thank you. Thank you.